0: Our text today is uh, kind of a familiar one from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 25. Let me read that. At that time, and we're going to talk a little bit about what time that was, Jesus said, "'I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Father except the Son, and no one knows the uh, I'm sorry, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is the word of the Lord. So, how are you today? I mean, really, how are you today? I'd have to say, personally, not so hot, not so great. I can't shake the feeling that the world, as I've known it for a long time, is falling apart. There's a sense of Dread, I guess, uncertainty. There's a sense of impending loss that is just hanging around my soul. It's kind of there all the time, no matter what's happening. And then, of course, there's synod, big decisions. However you come out on those decisions, one thing is very, very clear. Our church is deeply, deeply divided and it's divided like the whole culture that's around us and that's really a problem. I'd be surprised if there weren't some of those tensions right here today. What's gonna happen, we don't know. And then there's the swirling events around us in the world that sort of keep us awake. Indictment of a former president and all that that might entail Clouds of smoke that are in the air, giving us hints of possible earthly warming an overheated planet. A war in Europe that threatens global security. Add to that the various struggles and tensions of our personal lives, worries over our children, tensions in our marriages, grief over loved ones that we've lost, the pains and indignities of aging. Struggles of faith in a God who sometimes seems very far away. And children and young people, you are very likely having the same struggles with the same feelings. You're struggling to understand yourself. You understand your place in the world. At the same time, you sense the tensions that are there in the adult world. And you wonder, what kind of world will I inherit? What will my life look like? I could go on and on, of course, and I won't uh, bore you or threaten you <laughs> with all these things. But let me tell you, those deep concerns are churning in my gut as well. And I'm preaching this not just to you, but to me. And so now Jesus comes to us in our Gospel of Matthew and he says, Come to me, all you who are weary carrying heavy burdens and i will give you rest take my yoke on you take my yoke upon yourself and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy my burden is light what does that mean, and how do we discover for ourselves that rest which Jesus promises us today? Well, as usual, when interpreting biblical texts, we need to look at the starts with the C, context, right? And in this case, Jesus' tender words are an answer to what happens earlier in the text. Chapter 11 begins with Jesus getting a message from John the Baptist. Now, things are not going well for John the Baptist. He's in jail. He's in jail for denouncing the king. John has also announced that Jesus is the Messiah and now the religious authorities authorities are denouncing both of them. As Jesus rather sarcastically and maybe comically puts it, John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man comes eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. In other words, you can't win. So John is wondering whether the whole thing is really true or whether it's just one big monumental screw up. And he asked Jesus, are you really the one, really, or do we look somewhere else? In other words, is this the real thing that I committed my life to? Is this the thing for which I'm in prison? Or am I, is it all for nothing? Jesus assures John that he is indeed the one, and he does it, interestingly, by pointing to what he is actually doing. Tell John, he says, that the lame walk, the blind see, the lepers are cleansed, and the poor hear the good news. And then he looks at the religious authorities and denounces them for their blindness to all this. He says, if the deeds that I have done were done to the people of Sodom, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. And then right in the middle of all this, Jesus suddenly stops and he prays this strange and absolutely extraordinary prayer. It's as though, as Jesus prays, we are getting a peek into the relations between the triune God. Jesus says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such is your gracious will. Now, what does that even mean? It's our human tendency to think that we have it figured out. We think that we know how the world works. We even think that we know how to discern the truth, and we even pretend to think that we know what God is all about. But Jesus says it's not the wise and the intelligent who really know what God is all about. I remember this strange statement by the cheeky Martin Luther who once said, those who think they have God by the toe may actually have the devil by the fist. No, Jesus says, it's the babies who get it. Think of a baby at its mother's breast with its fist wrapped around her pinky. That's where we are. Babies are empty vessels, ready to be filled. Babies don't have it all figured out already. They know one thing. They trust one thing, mother's face, mother's eyes, mother's voice, mother's love and care, and Father's Day, father's too. And that, says Jesus, is where we all are. Because God has revealed Himself to infants. We are where we need to be in the arms of the God who reveals Himself to babies. And then Jesus seems to talk to the gathered crowd around Him again, and perhaps He says the most astounding thing in the whole chapter He says, All things, this is part of our text now, all things have been handed over to me by my Father and no one knows the Son except the Father and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Now this, of course, is the basic truth about God that's expounded in our creeds, the unity three in one of the Holy Trinity. But we often lose sight of what Jesus is saying, because it's so counterintuitive, it's so strange. What he's really saying, if you put it to very basics, Jesus is God with skin on. Or as Jesus puts it elsewhere, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Astounding. There is not a particle of difference between Jesus, and his Father. There is no God behind Jesus, you know, some fierce, judgmental deity who is the real God, like Jesus is the carrot and he's the stick. This simple theological truth is at the heart of the Gospel, and it's one that we miss, I think, over and over. Again, Martin Luther says it with characteristic bluntness. Stop climbing into heaven to see who or what God is. Hold on to this man, Jesus. He's all the God we've got. I love that. He's all the God we've got. We don't have to climb into heaven to find God because God has bared his heart in this man, Jesus of Nazareth. And then he says, all things have been handed over to me. Father says, you take it. You got it. Absolutely everything is now in Jesus' hands. Jesus is all we need to know about God, and Jesus is all we need to know about this world and its troubles because he holds the world in his hands. He holds its future in his hands. The Bible and all the theology books you can find and all the th- synodical reports you can read come down to this. All we can know about God is revealed it to us in this man, Jesus. That's the gospel for babies. And that's where we all have to begin. Now, maybe we're ready to hear God's call. Come to me. If God bears his heart in this man, Jesus of Nazareth, then what is God like? I am gentle and humble of heart. Now, let's face it, that's not typically what most of us have, what what comes to mind with most of us when we think about God. Many of us have been taught to think about God as an uncompromising judge and lawgiver, as the God who looks down at our pitiful lives with divine disapproval. No, says Jesus, come to me. I am the Father's human face, and in me, and me alone, you can find what God is like, and I am gentle and humble at heart. Jesus reveals the God who loves us so much that he joined our poor and weak humanity, or as Lucy Shaw puts it, he is nailed to our poor planet. That's the real God. That's the fundamental truth that we need to know about God before anything else. God is now and forever will be one of us. Come to me, says Jesus, and share my yoke. Now a yoke is, of course, as you probably know, a bulky piece of wood that is uh, attached to two oxen as they are plowing a field together. Jesus isn't someone who sort of walks alongside of us. Jesus is someone who is bound to us, yoked. And we're yoked to Him. Imagine two oxen; they're plowing the field. And let's say one of them is strong and healthy, and the other is weak and sick. The strong one is tied to the weak one. The strong one can go only as fast as the weak one, because they're tied together. That's Jesus' picture of our relationship with you, of His relationship with you and with me. He willingly takes up the yoke of our humanity and walks with each of us along the road of life. And when we stumble or fall, He gently and patiently waits, helps us to get up again. As we struggle with the pressures and demands of life, He is right there alongside of us, tied to us, and understands every bit of it because He's as human as we are. And when we are spiritually weary and when we're filled with doubts and questions, he invites us, look, just look at me. Take one step at a time alongside me. And when we wonder about what road to follow and what's true and what's right, he asks us to follow his way, to look at what he pays attention to, what he's, who he's concerned about. And if you're reading the Bible and you find it all too confusing with all these different interpretations and all the competing claims that people make about it, he says, here's one thing you need to understand about the Bible. It's all about me. He exactly says that in John chapter 5. It says that exactly to the disciples on the way to Emmaus. It's all about me. Now, does all that sound too easy and too simple? Well, in one way it is, I think. He calls us to do this one simple thing, to walk alongside him, yoked to him. In other sense, it's not so easy. If you are yoked to Jesus, you are walking along the road that he's walking on, right? Where does that go? Across. It's a road that involves suffering, sometimes painful, self-giving love. It's a road that goes in the opposite direction from the interstate highway along which the world cruises. It means learning from Jesus not just to live for ourselves, but to live for others. It means that we will not submit to the kingdoms and the regimes that dominate this world. We swear allegiance to the king who died on a cross and rose again, and is Lord of all." Being yoked to Jesus can mean being an outsider, even an outcast. It means identifying, yoking ourselves to some of the very people the world despises or pushes to the margins, the tax collectors the sinners. Being yoked to Jesus, we find him to be humble and gentle at our side, but also uncompromisingly at odds with the ways of the world. And with all that, he still says, but my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Being yoked to this world may seem easy, but I'm telling you it's heavy and burdensome. The yoke of conflict and violence, the yoke of pride and acquisition, The yoke of being on your own in a world of ruthless competition. The yoke of ultimate meaninglessness. Most important of all, being yoked to Jesus, he says, you will find rest for your souls. Rest. Now what does that mean? It's not ease. It's not being without the cares and the concerns of this world. It's not sitting in the recliner in front of your TV set or under the tree, under the, on the deck in your backyard. Have you ever known someone who in the midst of struggle, difficulty remains calm and resolute? Have you ever known someone who can maintain a sense of inner well-being and joy in the midst of no matter what the circumstances. Have you ever been to the funeral of a loved one and while the tears of grief flowed, you somehow felt in that moment a sense of unexplainable inner peace and well-being like it's going to be all right. Rest is that place at the very center of the universe that is calm and serene like the eye of a hurricane. Rest is knowing that Jesus is right there with you and for you and that nothing, nothing can ever separate you from his love. Or as Jesus puts it, in the world you will have trouble. But take courage I have overcome the world come to me says Jesus I'm all you need to know about God come to me and I will give you rest now this Sunday and every Sunday coming to Jesus means something very concrete very concrete like you can eat it and drink it Come to me, says Jesus, right here at this table, and I will feed you with myself, my crucified and risen self. Come to me, says Jesus, right here at this table, and see me reflected in the faces of people around you, and trust that I will keep my promise to be present to you in the bread and in the cup come to me and you will find rest for your souls and then we will leave together and take up that yoke again and we'll stumble alongside of Jesus on the path of self-giving love and on that road we will discover things about Jesus we'll learn to see Jesus where he always hangs out with the tax collectors, and the sinners, the least of these, the hungry and thirsty, the prisoners, the forgotten, the despised, the poor, and the broken people. That's where you typically find him. Because he's also calling to them, come to me, and I will give you rest. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Shall we pray together? Lord Jesus, you have called us this morning to come to you. O oh Lord, help us to know that you are with us, walking alongside of us, that your love never fails, that you will always accept us, and bring us together around this table and show us yourself and help us in that bread and cup to receive you and to know that we are strengthened by you as with a mother's milk and a father's blessing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.